preach you in Jesus' name. Good to be back in cold Minnesota again after traveling and doing our share of sweating, but we had a good time in Belize. Uh, next Saturday at Loman, I've been given the subject of My Sheep Know My Voice, and I decided that I would share that with the congregation here this morning. And I think before we start that, uh, there's a thought in the song, Come Ye Apart, that I would like to share here. It says, Come ye apart, it is the Lord who calls us, and oh, what tenderness is in his tone. He bids us leave the busy world behind us and draw apart a while with him alone. Mid restless crowds with all their noise and tumult, no rest, no leisure find our spirits there. Our vision fails, our sense of life's proportion, unless we seek the quiet place of prayer. So he calls us into desert places where human voices may not drown his own, there to receive the fuller revelation he makes to those who wait with him alone. The writer says, unless we get stopped, unless we're willing to stop from last year's hut, last week's hubbub and fuss and whatever, we're going to lose our sense of proportion. David said, my feet almost slipped till I went to church. And in light of that, and of the subject, uh, I would like to read Psalm 95 to help us back up before we even address the subject and get a sense of proportion here. What is life? What kind of proportions actually are here today as we draw apart from our busy week. Psalm 95, verse 1, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Listen carefully. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel 
before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Did life look big to you last week? Did it seem overwhelming? Was it confusing? How big was my God last week? What was the proportion from what I experienced last week to the God that I serve. Was I this big and he was this big? Was I this big and he was this big? Or was I this big and the heavens of heavens could not contain him? A sense of life's proportion. He made the earth. The sea is in his hands. The strength of the hills is his. And he's our God. And we are the sheep. Turn with me to John 10. The text is verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We're going to start at verse 1 and read verse through verse 29. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is the thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name. I don't know that I ever, that thing of calling his own sheep by name. I know it was there, it just really hit me. And he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger Will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers? This parable spake Jesus unto them, that they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep will, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming. And leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know, 
Even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now the sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others say, These are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in, in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. It is very obvious that I cannot cover everything that's taught in John 10, so I'm going to try to stick very closely to what I was assigned, and that is verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So what can we learn? First thing we can learn, that we are not our own. The Bible says we are bought with a price. I'm not an independent entity here. I'm not self-sustaining. Jesus said they're my sheep. They're my sheep. What greater honor could a Christian have than have than to be owned of Jesus Christ. What greater honor? I don't know of any greater honor. Jesus said, Ryan Hoover, you're mine. Yeah. And every other name in here, you're mine. I own you. That in itself is a tremendous relief. That in itself is a tremendous sense of proportion. Wouldn't Jesus take care of something that's his? Absolutely. And I don't I don't have time to go into the flip side of all this, but as I go down through here this morning, and if you want to think about what it would be like, for example, in point one, not to be owned of Jesus Christ. And have Be on your own. 
want to be independent, if folks were wrong when we are, seriously wrong, in fact, tragically wrong, we are owned of Christ. We are not our own. Then he says, we are his sheep. Now, I never had sheep. I looked up sheep in the encyclopedia. It didn't help me out except that they all came from two strings somewhere and one had fine hair and one had coarse hair and the coarse hair ones aren't worth anything and much. And uh, how many, what states have the most of them, all that stuff, which is really beside the point. But you compare a sheep with a shepherd. An animal to a human being. You get that comparison here. If we're sheep, as Jesus said we are, and we're owned of him, we have to understand that our comprehension is limited. Our comprehension is limited. A sheep's comprehension. Limited in comprehension, but open to care. Directionally challenged, but easily led. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there's times in life that so I just don't know which way to turn. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know. I wish I knew what I'm supposed to do next. But with Jesus as a shepherd, is that a crisis? Not as long as you're easily led. Directionally challenged, be easily led. Periodically confused. But welcoming order. Life is confusing sometimes, isn't it? It's confusing. We don't know. We don't have the answers. We talked about in Sunday school. Things are don't make sense. We plan to travel to Buck Creek to ordination this evening. Uh, God is going to appoint someone in leadership there. But it does not make sense to me why God decided to take Dale before he had time to mentor this new preacher. That don't make sense. All right? That's confusing to me. But I welcome the order that God is, is, is laying out there. I, I welcome that. And I have faith. Then in my lack of answers, God has answered. Sheep, regularly hungry, but bountifully fed. My brother has this thing that he used to do to his children. They're on a, tr on a trip, and they go to a restaurant, and after they're all done, they're all jam full. And he says, okay, Stephanie, are you full? Yeah, I'm full. You need more? No, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm jam full. Uh, Chauncey, are you full? Yep, I'm full. Okay. He says, now I don't want to hear anything for three days, all right? Not any way it works. I mean, you turn around and they're hungry again. Turn around and I'm hungry again. But that's part of being a sheep. That's part of being under the shepherd's care. 
He knows where the next meal's coming from. I don't. And sheep reproduce to the delight and pleasure of the good shepherd. The flock stays full. Love it when them lambs come. We can learn that from this passage of scripture that we are and this is after this uh, text here, but we learned that we are, Jesus said, that my Father gave me the sheep. We are a gift of God to Jesus, the good shepherd. That's what Jesus said. My Father, which gave them to me, and then he continues on his sentence. We are a gift. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They hear. And he also says, in this passage that they hear and they recognize. They recognize his voice. You ever hear somebody trying to explain why they do what they do that is unscriptural? And they're explaining this to you and it seems like they have a convincing argument. But you say, you know what? It don't quite sound right. Just don't quite sound right. What are we saying? We're saying that don't sound like what the shepherd would say. They got the logic and they got all this together, but deep down in it, don't sound right. To know. When he, Jesus says, my sheep know. To know is to perceive directly, to have understanding of, to recognize the nature of, to be acquainted and familiar with, to be convinced or certain of, to have a practical understanding of. And that is the dictionary definition. So, when we know What the shepherd would or would not say. That relationship is close enough that we would know what the shepherd would or would not say. That is a, that is a mark of divine ownership. That's a mark of divine ownership. When I hear the shepherd and I know, no, that's not him. That don't sound right. Just don't sound right. Now, I'll use the example. When our children were home, and they would come to me, sometimes I would purposely put them in a bind. They'd come and say, Dad, can we do this? And we do that, this, that, or the other. And instead of answering them, I would say, what do you think I will answer? 
and they get the sheepish grin on. And they say, well, we think you would probably say no. I said, you got it. You got it. They've been hanging around me. They know what's going on up here. They know how I process all this stuff. And they know when they are pushing the edge. And they know about what Dad's going to say. They know about what Dad's going to say. And I don't know um, if this thing of knowing the voice can always be explained. Sometimes you know something, but you can't remember where you learned it. You know something. You don't... Um, this, this is a combination of a whole pile of information that you have gathered over the years, and you know it, and you are thoroughly convinced of it. But somebody says... How do you know? You can't say, well, because this, 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 and this. You can't say that. But you still know. You know. You know, if a voice is telling us something, and the Bible says, there's all kind of voices out there. If a voice is telling you something, we had better make sure that it's telling us the right thing. That voice should be recognizable as the voice of the shepherd. That voice, whatever that voice is saying, will certainly reflect the personality of the shepherd. What that voice is saying is going to reflect the heart of the shepherd. That, what that voice is saying is going to reflect the value system and the embracing of the truth and the concepts and obedience of that voice, the concepts they embrace, the obedience that they reflect, and their view of God. All right? If that voice is not reflecting the character of Christ, if it is not embracing his values if it is not reflecting his personality then that voice is not the voice of the shepherd and we have to reject it see as we in our walk with Christ are exposed to his personality to his characteristic qualities and bring ourselves in line with that Almost instantaneously, you will have, you and I will have a comfortable or uncomfortable feeling in relation to the voices that are around us. See, because it's not just what the voice is saying, it is heart touching heart, it is spirit touching spirit, it is a product of a long term relationship. You ever uh, have a conversation with a professing Christian and you walked away and said, something doesn't seem right there. You know, we didn't, our spirits didn't touch, all right? Next person, next Christian you can walk up to and you can have a conversation with 
And I mean, it is right there. It is right there. One time you don't quite know, another time you know. You know. And, and they might not be um, conservative Mennonite. They might be a Baptist or a Lutheran or something that found Christ precious, whatever, and they are pursuing God. And, and yeah, and you know. My brother and his wife went to L.A. to meet... Uh, uh, a family, Anabaptist family. And the man said, my brother said, it, it was so refreshing. These people, they were just wanting to know the truth and they were embracing the truth. And, and, uh, and my brother says, so uh, is this the first Mennonite church of L.A.? And he said, I'll tell you what, if, it, if these couple of families aren't the first Mennonite Church of L.A., he said, we are going to be the first wannabe Mennonite Church of L.A. <laughs> Officially Mennonites? No. That wasn't their goal, necessarily to be Mennonites, but they uh, certainly appreciated association, and they were in search of truth. You see, heart touched heart among the sheep because the sheep's heart touched the shepherd's heart. He said he knows his voice. And I think, I, always, I, I pretty much thought before I studied this that it's probably what he sounded like. You know, Dennis Martin sounds like Dennis Martin, you know, and if he's yelling, uh, it's, not, it's not anybody any doubt who he, who's talking, and somebody else talks, uh, yeah. But I, I, I think that it's more than just the vocal box. I think it's what's being said too. It says they know his voice. So what do I listen for today? What do I listen for? Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So I go to the word of God. That what speaks to me. That's what God wants for my life. I need to know it, I have to understand it, I have to recognize it. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So, as sheep, we not only need to hear his voice, understand what he's saying, be convinced it's actually him, we gotta do something about it. We need to follow him. We have to accept his instructions of leadership. We have to exercise faith. We have to exercise humility. We have to understand the sense of proportion here that I'm not the one that's telling the shepherd what to do. I'm not 
start telling him, well, I think we should head this way as soon as we get out of the sheepfold, or that way, or we had good grass back there a week ago, or whatever, and this is where I think we need to be going. And, you know, you know, this is stupid. I mean, we were there yesterday. It wasn't that much just because we're heading that direction right now. Um, we have to exercise faith. We have to exercise humility. It says, they follow me. They follow me. I don't follow them. They follow me. Some people say some leadership is uh, putting your windsock up and figuring out which way the congregation's going and run ahead of them. Ain't the way it is with Jesus. It says, they follow me. We don't follow the whisperings of our own heart. We don't follow the voices of the world. What's present-day Christianity doing? How do I get ahead of the pack? What, you know, am I going to be popular or unpopular? We have to crucify ourselves, or all our own personal inclinations, and we need to follow the shepherd. Explicitly. We have to understand where our position is here, and we also also understand that while we are in the proper position, we are in perfect safety, and we are heading the right direction. Isn't that comfort? Our shepherd knows everything. He knows where he's going. He knows what we need. I am in perfect safety if I follow the shepherd. And I need to move in total confidence in the character and wisdom of the shepherd. I need to consistently, constantly remind myself that where the shepherd is leading is where I want to go. I just told you at the beginning of the sermon, I don't understand why God went where he went at Buck Creek. I don't know. But I have to constantly remind myself that I have to constantly have total confidence in, in the character and the wisdom of the shepherd. And that is not a static position. That is not stopped. That is when we're moving. That is when we're moving. I also have to understand that I as a sheep are co am constantly vulnerable to danger. I am vulnerable. I am 
always in constant need. Our culture tells us that we need to know, we need to have this uh, good self-image, we need to be sure, we need to be aggressive, we need to have all the answers, we need to push our way through life, uh, and if you're good enough you might end up being President of the United States or whatever. But brothers and sisters this morning, we are constantly, always vulnerable as sheep. We are in constant need. And I'll say this morning, as I plan to say next Saturday, that is especially true in leadership. Especially. If I think, because I'm dead, or I'm the preacher, or I'm the deacon, or I'm the Sunday school teacher, or I'm the bishop, or whatever, that I have all the answers, folks, I am wrong, dead wrong, tragically wrong. The more responsibility you have, the more accountability you have, the more we need to shepherd. That fact is crucial to our survival. If I think that I have it all sewed up, if I think that I have all the answers, folks, we are going to be straying from the shepherd. And we're going to get caught by the wolf. Another thing I can, I can learn from sheep is that only the shepherd really knows all the perils that we as his sheep could or will face. Do the sheep understand where all the enemies are? Where all the wolves and all the bears and all the whatever that tear sheep up? Do they understand all that? They don't understand it. But the shepherd takes him out and he knows that where he's going, there'll probably be some wolves out there. But he's prepared for that. Okay? He's prepared for that. Only the shepherd knows what you're going to face tomorrow. Only the shepherd knows what I'm going to face tomorrow. Next week. Next year. Only the shepherd knows that. Is that discomforting to you or me? Or is it comforting? Do I find security that even though I don't know that that shepherd is going to be there and he's going to be on my side and he's going to be fighting for me? And the simple fact that God put Christ in charge of the sheep magnifies, only accentuates the fact the, the, the greatness of the danger, okay? God put Christ in charge because he knew 
that the danger is going to be great. So I put somebody in there with a capability of defending it. Okay, you, for example, you don't put a five-year-old boy with a cap gun to defend a, a Brinks truck. Binks or Brinks or whatever, the guy that hauls all the money around, all right? Brinks, isn't it? Whatever. You don't do that because he ain't up to it. Somebody comes and sticks a real gun in his ribs and he goes pop, 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 pop with his cap gun and the little paper comes out the top. Ah, no, no, no. See, God didn't put somebody in charge of the sheep that's only about half capable. Because of the magnitude of the peril, he put somebody in charge that was up to the job. But the fact that God put Christ in charge of the sheep accentuates the fact of the quality and the reliability and the capability of the shepherd. God said, I'll put him in charge. He can take care of it. He'll take care of it. I'm giving them sheep to him. I know he's up to it. I know he has the ability. I know he has the heart. I know he has the wisdom. I know he has everything that it takes to overcome that incredible danger that they may face down the road. He's bigger than all that. But notice the sequence. If you look in verse 27, the sheep here... The shepherd knows, the sheep follow, and at the beginning of verse 28, and, and the shepherd gives. Notice that sequence. They hear, I know, they follow, I give. And we need to keep that straight in our understanding of our Christian experience. We have to hear. After we hear, we have to understand that, that the shepherd knows. He knows. And as he knows, and as he understands, then we follow. And then as he, and we follow, he just gives and gives and gives and gives. And even the Bible says, if he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. He's there. So let the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing. We say our, our culture is deteriorating, our world is getting worse and worse, and, and uh, where's this all I'm going to end up at? Your shepherd big enough? My shepherd big enough? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and shall carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. O oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him 
his presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. And a king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. He made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your heart, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works. Forty days, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, said it. It is a people that do err in their heart. They have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Warning. <coughs> Am I a sheep? Am I listening? Do I know his voice? Do I trust him? Do I have a sense of life's proportion as a sheep of Jesus Christ?